Celtics Reddit Podcast, Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us, especially given the circumstances the Celtics lose Game 6 to the Warriors, 103-90, to effectively, well, certainly, <laughs> ending their season deep into the NBA Finals. They lose three games straight for the first time since December. Joining us to talk all about it, a New Zealand correspondent, a valued New Zealand correspondent, Joe, aka No Scrooge McFly. Joe, how you doing, sir? Yeah, not too bad. It does, it does effectively end the season, I suppose. It, it is. I don't, I don't like our. I don't like our chances going forward. To be no, honest, don't see a comeback <laughs> in the works. Unfortunately. Oh yeah, I mean, look. Some some fans will say, you know, like you've got to keep the faith. But I'm mm. a realist, Ben, and I. I <laughs> That's why I've got you here, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, sometimes, sometimes, you know, like you've just got to wave the white flag, and I just sort of feel like. <laughs> The, the time has come. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. yeah. Game eight, not on the cards. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, hey, maybe maybe the Warriors would go for it if we asked them really, really nicely. But yeah. No, nah, I think we're I think we're yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. I'm not booking flights to Boston. No, 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 why would you? So quickly, Reddit user comment, blazon raisin. They say uh goodbye Bye, everyone. Man. I'll remember you in therapy, um, touching and relevant. Joe, let's just touch on game six very quickly before we zoom out a little bit. The Celtics, they turned the ball over 22 times. Was this just another case of, you know, if the Celtics take care of the ball, they win? Or was there something else bigger at play here? To be honest, man, if they won, they weren't going to win game seven. Like, Mm -hmm. it it didn't, to me, it sort of didn't really matter that much. How dare you, Joe? How dare you? (laughs) Hey, man, I I would have been hoping. (laughs) The the writing was on the wall, man. Like, the reality is, you know, um, we had our chance and we didn't put them away. And we didn't put them away because they were better, you know? So, um, no shame in that. Nah, man. Nah. Curry's. It'd be interesting to see how this. It'd be interesting to see where the sort of um, like whole year kind of fits in the historical sense. You know, Mm -hmm. like if we had won it, you know, I don't think we'd be putting them up there with the '08 team. I I don't think. Um, Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm rambling a bit. What was that? What was the Adrian? What was that question again, Ben? (laughs) Well, was there something else at play? Or was oh. it just another case of the Celtics not taking care of the ball? Because that's been the story all no. postseason, and we've managed to kind of get away with it, and it just we just couldn't against this this uh, Warriors team. That that opening run, that twenty one zip run, there was a lot of lucky things that went the Warriors' way, and it was just like I think our belief just disappeared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Draymond hits the three from the corner. Paul hits that RC, you know, banked in shot after offensive rebound. Just Clay even hit a like ridiculous little leaner. So all these little bounces of the ball were going their way, and it just like, as a fan, you just kind of like, oh, I think I know that was just headed, you know. And that was before we started throwing the ball away all the time. And then we got desperate, and Jalen and 
Jason started trying to do too much and then they turned it over. But yeah, he kind of couldn't even really criticize him that much, man. Like, they were just trying to make something happen. Yeah, I mean, there was there was one Marcus Smart desperation pull-up three, I want to say, late in the third quarter, which was just kind of, it was almost as good as waving the white flag. It was just the worst possible shot, uh, you know, in that moment. But you know, Smart knew it, and everyone watching was like, we need it, we need a punch here, we need a three. And it was just the worst yeah, yeah. person, Marcus Smart, at the worst time, <laughs> on the worst stage, really, to, to give that shot up. But, you know, no one was shooting particularly well. And, uh, you know, we were doing the playback stream and, and saying throughout the game, particularly early before we started to punch back a little bit, that it was just very reminiscent of, like, Game 7, 2018. But more recently, fourth quarter, Game 4, 2022, like, where we just go cold and the offense goes stagnant a little bit. But, you know, the Celtics, they shot better from the floor percentage-wise than the Dubs in this game but the Dubs had 12 additional field goal attempts uh, and the same amount of assists as the Celtics. And I I thought defensively, the Celtics did pretty well, particularly from the second half of the third quarter onwards. It felt like the Warriors were begging us to to get back into this game, but we just kept turning the ball over. We couldn't execute. We couldn't get buckets. Do do you think, Joe, that that's just a a symptom of a young team that is maybe ahead of schedule, or is there there something else to it? Uh, I think there's some inherent, like, uh, this is probably not going to come as any surprise. I don't, I'm not trying to, like, like there's some inherent limitations that we have, you know. But but like due to um, our youth or something else? I mean, for me, like, I think I think a lot of it's probably like these guys aren't new players, you know. I think there's probably only really incremental improvements that I expect to see out of the guys. I, I like I I don't know. I don't want to zoom out too quickly here, Ben. But I just sort of felt like I feel like we are what we are to a certain extent, and that's maybe good enough, you know. Um, but. We've had demons, man. We've had demons executing offense in tight situations all year. And guess what? Repeatedly when we needed baskets, we just couldn't get them. And um, I think that's probably more of a permanent feature than a a temporary feature. Um, But um, even if, we still might be good enough. We still might be good enough to do it. So um, I can't be too mad about it. Yeah, well, look. I know. What, are you driving at something, Ben? Like, what? Are you, I feel like I feel like we've got to tee you up. You've got an observation, kind of, you know, burbling away there, and it needs to come out. Well, yeah, I and mean, we should zoom out a little bit because, first of all, the, the the story of Game Six is the same as the story of as of Game Five and Game Four, and many of the losses we sort of accrued throughout the the postseason anyway. So I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. I guess where the way that I walk away from this postseason is this is a very young team spearheaded by a 24 year old player in his fifth year and in his first year as the guy if you attribute that role to Kemba the year prior add to that we've got a rookie head coach we've got Marcus Smart in his first year as starting point guard there's a number of firsts going on on this team um you know, first year president of basketball operations, um, who put us in a great position to to get where we went to 
Um, and and they got this far, and unfortunately, they petered out. I want to say due to a lack of experience, uh, among other things. And and I guess I walk away from this season and this series thinking there's a, a number of the shortcomings that the Celtics exhibited in this series can be addressed with you know film and training and just maturity that comes naturally over time. And that's why, you know, comparing it to the last final series we lost, 2010, where our guys were older and were certainly at the peak of their powers, like, I don't feel as disappointed. Obviously, it's disappointing, but, like, I feel like a little bit they're ahead of schedule and there's more to come. And obviously, a finals berth, a title isn't guaranteed down the road, but I just feel like (laughs) there's so much prosperity on the horizon that I don't necessarily feel as bummed as I thought I might. I don't know. No, does, I don't, does that ring true? I, I don't feel bummed at all. Well, how do you feel? Um, I feel like, man, you know, we had a really good season and we all know where we were in January and how much this team was like. Like, we were hating this season. We were hating it. And it turned into a really fun, if grueling ride. And, um, yeah, I, I think like we always come back to we've got to come back to expectations, right? So at the start of the playoffs, I know what I said. I said, look, expectation is like a, a credible showing in round two. That's mm-hmm. what I expected from the team. And as things go on, you know, I guess you sort of like we were in playing Miami. It was like quite obvious that we were a better team. Um, but in the series, it was never obvious that we were the better team. The first yep. game, the first game one really did feel lucky. Um, 40 the, to 16 in that, in that fourth quarter. Yeah. With an insane shooting clip, like not sustainable. And, and to be honest, the game four loss kind of felt inevitable as it was happening. It was just mm-hmm. like, we just did not have enough separation when we needed to get it. And, you know, so I, I don't feel cheated, you know, I, um, I, I was wondering if, like, the analog for the series might be, like, the, the bubble series against Miami. Um, I was kind of testing that out in my head, like, where at, going into it, I was like, I, th- I really thought we were probably going to beat Miami in that series, and we, we didn't. Um, and it looked kind of like we were at the start of that series, like, maybe going to do it. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's a reckoning that's coming up. Where the, the, like, we're going to have to make our peace with, Jason Tatum being what he is, and and he's he's maybe he's a little bit better than what I thought he was. I think the team is certainly more the team we've got around him is certainly better than what I thought it was, and should should contend. Um, but you're going to have to make your peace. He's not the same class as Steph Curry, and and it's going to be really hard to get someone better than Tatum. But there's always going to be someone out there who's a little bit better than him. Yeah, and and you, you're going to have to make your peace with that. He's not going to be in that top tier. He's going to be tier two, um, and that might be enough. It almost was enough this year. Yeah, talk to me more about that because I think that's it's difficult difficult for me to comprehend. So it, it must be difficult for at least some fans to comprehend. Jason Tatum, you know, he he obviously had a rough start to the season. Finished up really well. Finished first team All NBA and led his team. I would say he led them through the finals, but he led them to the finals. Um, and yet, you know, 13 points in this game, five turnovers, not a great showing. Um, and yet, so I, I guess what I'm asking you, Joe, is with Tatum, you know, being that not 
Steph Curry tier player, so therefore like a 1A or a 2 tier player. What's the framework there for continued runs for the Celtics with, with Tatum as our best player? I think it's just more of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, so what makes that possible then? With with Tatum not being that like elite god tier level player, what makes continued runs possible? Um, the fact that we do not have a weak point defensively, except for Derek White, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just that we're just rock solid. I mean that that statistical run we had is wasn't a fluke. I don't think. That that defense, they will get better. Like if Tatum gets to this point again, he will perform better, you know. But it's not like he's just not Michael Jordan. He's not like the guy who's driving winning. It's a team. It's a true team. And and I kind of prefer it maybe even that way, you know. Spursian, um, Spur, yeah, Spurs, Spursish, I suppose. I mean, Tim Duncan. <laughs> look, Tim Duncan's the most underrated player of all time in my greatest in power forward of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take him over Kobe ten times out of ten, and mm-hmm. um, there's there's like a lot of hoop heads wouldn't wouldn't agree with me on that, but um, yeah, I just think like we've got a young, locked in core that defends that is certainly adequate offensively. I mean, we had a run there where we were really good. I think <sighs> don't you, the thing that the the only what if for me is like what if Rob doesn't get hurt. Yes. Because that was the team that was really rolling. And I feel like offensively, he just gave us another dimension that we, we, we missed all playoffs. Um, that's that's one thing. But, look, when things grind down to a halt, um, I mean, you just need a better, a more skilled basketball player than Tatum is. Um, and he's extremely skilled, but he's... There's a reason he's turning it over all the time, man. Like he's got a limitation there. I mean, it's um, not it's not limited he, he to does. him. Like Horford was turning it over, smart. No. Jalen, you know, particularly the Jays. Like I think in Game Five, they they combined for nine turnovers um, combined. There's a Reddit user, Kitty Sue eight hundred four, who said that they're uh, as disappointed as I am for the loss. I think the worst part is seeing the mad shit that quote unquote fans are talking about our guys mostly on other platforms, not Reddit. Like, seriously, Eastern Conference Finals champs isn't good enough. Playing through injuries, not good enough. In the in the case of Rob, uh, it drives me crazy. So, But it is good enough. Like, as a fan, it is good enough. This team was good enough. It's funny because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, 13, 14-year-olds who, like, either, like, literally they've not had a title in their lifetime because, you know, 2008 <laughs> being babies. 14 years ago. And they're like, well, you know, we don't hang conference banners in this league in this for this team. You know, like, they're, they're holding this team to this impossible standard. I'm 35. The team's won one title in my lifetime. Joe, I think you're in the same boat. Like, this is... Uh, this two. Is, I was alive for the 86 one. Oh, but, congratulations. You know, yeah. Very jealous. Six um, months old, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so, uh, you know, the Larry Bird's not walking through that door. You know, Bill no, Russell's man. not walking through that door. So th- this is fine for where the team's at and their best player being 24. Um, do, you, do you think, like, a lot of those issues you mentioned, you know, Tatum turning the ball over, Brown turning the ball over, they're, they're very young. Do you think that kind of stuff just gets ironed out over time with experience? And do you think this kind of finals run sort of enhances that? Like fans' expectation of that being an improving an improvement. I don't know, man. Do you think Marcus Smart's going to be a forty percent three point shooter? 
I mean, I think Micah Smart's going to improve, which is not something that a lot of, bless you, uh, that a lot of fans, I think, necessarily agree on. Like, Smart is older, but it's his first year in this role. And I think that what Marcus Smart can improve is his shot quality and selection and where the team sort of affords him his shots. Um, so I'm kind of well, answering the I'm- question that I just asked you. I, I think that the team overall can improve in, in, in how they play. They're great individual players, but how they play as a team and not coughing the ball up and, and, and generating good looks, I think, is the, the obvious. My, um, Adoka said it in the postgame today that the, the key improvement area for the team is basketball IQ. He called them all out and was like, you need to improve your basketball IQ. I think that's completely fair. Yeah, it's also a skill <laughs> limitation. And and yeah, you will improve. Marcus Smart has improved as a three-point shooter incrementally over the course of his career. Jalen Brown's, believe it or not, you know, probably has, has certainly worked on his skills and improved mm-hmm. over the course of his career. But like, there is a limitation, man. You know it when you see it. You know, you know when you see that natural fluidity, that that natural skill level. There's an innate skill level to a, a to a Steph Curry that that our guys don't have. And guess what? I still want the exact same team back next season. Let's do this again. I re- like. I, I reckon it might be good enough. But like, we got a, a like. We're going to come up against teams that are going to give us a lot of trouble. Like, if there's anything that's going to help. I think honestly, Marcus needs to be more of the ball handler, and this is like this might sound weird because um, Marcus has some Marcus has some bad turnovers. Yep. Marcus has some. What are you doing turnovers? But he doesn't tend to have turnovers where it's like, oh, you got locked up and you got forced into that error. You know, he's a he's actually a better. I mean, I'm a Marcus fanboy, I guess, but like I <laughs> I feel like our offense I feel like our offense works a lot better when it's smart going downhill. Um, and that initiating the drive and kick, you know, as opposed to Tatum having to generate it. I think mm-hmm. that's one thing. I think more shooting on the wings. So Neesmith's a real key player for us. Um, if Neesmith if Neesmith sticks, um, I think that makes quite a big difference. Or we could, like, I mean, how good would Gordon Haywood be on our team right oh. now? That would be a useful player, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like another another conduit, another connector, connective tissue in the in the style of Derek White, except not disappearing in the finals. <laughs> yeah, although I do certainly remember Gordon Hayward face like a smack bum. <laughs> That's something I definitely remember. <laughs> yeah, no one's perfect, eh? You know, like like yeah, we've got to celebrate this team. Like it was a great run. They delivered a probably at, approximately at expectations. Um. I think this, yeah, we, we've got to be happy and at the same time acknowledge their limitations. And that's why you're happy, you know? It's because, to me, they approximately did what they should do. Yeah, and I think losing to any prior team, losing to the Nets, the Bucks without Middleton, losing to the Heat, it would be disappointing because you could genuinely say, I really think we were the better team. But to lose to this Warriors team with Steph Curry being you know, as awesome as he has been and, and and amazing role players as well, including but not limited to Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, it is there is um it's there's some uh um glory in defeat, I suppose, in that they're just they're just way For better sure. than us than any other team. 
And for so long, they were the best defense in the league, and they've just got something over us on offense as well. So it just felt like we like we hit a dead end and we ran into the some sort of final boss, some sort of monster that we couldn't overcome in the end. So I don't know if, if Joe, if there's something else that you want to touch on with the, with this season or this postseason. Now's the time because I I feel sort of tempted to move on to what the off season is going to look like and what we should look to to next season. I think, man, just be, we've got to be happy, you know, like, yeah, it sucks when you lose and you're like, oh, and you sort of see the same things, you know, you see the same old Celtics, like there are, oh, there's another offensive rebound. Oh, there's another turnover. Oh, there's another miss free throw. It's still for all warts and all. It was really fun. Like we beat, we beat KD and we beat Giannis. How sweet was that? Huge run. You know? Amazing run. Yeah. That's it was the thing. awesome. It was awesome, and we got to play like really meaningful basketball. And and think about like this is for, for the nephews out there. There's a lot of irrelevant basketball that gets played. Mm-hmm. Like really savor, really savor. And we might not be back here. It's a very real possibility. And um, I enjoyed it, man. We had a real chance. And you know what? At the end of the day, we weren't good enough. But that's that's okay. If you're not good enough, you're just not good enough. You know. Um, maybe next year we will be. Yeah, it just. The not good enough thing is going to, unfortunately, it's going to sit with me for a little bit because it really does feel like simple things like taking care of the ball, you know, not turning the ball over uh, is going to be, and I know that's not as simple as just like, don't do that, like credit the Warriors defense. They were fantastic. Um, But, you know, it's not like we shat the bed on, on multiple fronts. If we had just taken care of the ball better than... It just feels like we would have been in a, a much better position to win. And I feel really bad for Al Horford. Not that he was great, like not that we let him down in this series, but uh, he did a lot to drag <laughs> us to this point, uh, which leads me to a post by... Sorry, it just reminds me of one of my favorite castle scenes, you know, where yeah. Wayne goes to Daryl, Dad. Oh, no, no, it's not Wayne. It's, it's, it's Steve, Dad. Yeah. I know you think you've let us down. But you haven't. You've done the opposite, and I've mangled the scene. If we can put that scene across there, I'd love it. Yeah, I'll chuck it in. I'll chuck it in, Joe. <laughs> I assume you know the one I'm referring to. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling. I'm struggling to remember the line, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Of course, the castle. Great. Um, the irony with the castle now is that no one in Australia could afford to buy their own home, so it's kind of like a, a relic of a bygone era. But uh, uh, yeah, same over here. Coming back though. Bring on the housing crash. You oh, yeah, sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> so with the Al Horford stuff, it, it segues into a post by a Reddit user, Buffalo Foreskin, who asks, uh, what's your favorite moment of the playoffs? Which I think, you know, when the playoffs go this long is a really nice, chunky question to ask. And, and Buffalo Foreskin in their post highlighted Al Horford's like, you know, stare down at Giannis and then the, like, catch, drive and dunk an elbow into Giannis's face. So we'll rule that one out. And, Joe, I am putting you on the spot here, but have you have you got another sort of favorite moment of yeah. the playoffs? Tatum hit a three in Milwaukee. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was game six. It put us up 10. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it was, like, with three, three minutes to go. It was just right in... I don't know, probably Wes Matthews or someone's mouth. It was so <laughs> sweet. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was 
that was that was a real high point. And um, realizing we were going to sweep the nets, that was really cool. <laughs> it was a nice moment. <laughs> um, Tatum's buzzer beater, of course, that was really that was really thrilling. Game one, uh, game one. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, I don't know, man. What do you got? I would just say uh, the thing that has to be mentioned first is is game seven against the Heat, like getting over the hump. Because how many times have we made it to the conference finals as sort of recent fans and, you know, the various iterations under Brad Stevens and to, you know, it was it was brutal. Like maybe maybe the best it was moment. Grueling. Maybe it the was best moment absolutely grueling. Yeah. Maybe the best <laughs> moment was that Jimmy Butler three not going in. You know? Because that yeah. certainly would have been the worst moment in the last decade oh, had it gone yeah. in. <laughs> um, I still think about it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's got to be it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in terms of like the delta between like what that moment could have been and what it actually was, maybe it's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best in like nominal terms, though. You know. Yeah. Yeah. G- game. <laughs> Game three of the NBA Finals, uh, in which I was in attendance, and just the vibe, particularly outside the arena, where the, there was just like, stop we're, it. we're stop up, it. we're up in the finals. I mean, I can say this to you because you were in attendance for Game Six in in '08, um, but just there Amen. was a there was a pocket of time where me and Spoonie and Boston, like, because I was in it, thought that we were winning. The championship and just I just want to live in that time forever. And yeah, I just yeah. that was just very very sweet. Um, so a lot lot of good times throughout the postseason. We will do the full on like series, uh, rather the regular season and and postseason recap. Plenty of time during the off season to do that. Um, any <laughs> other any other stand? Even if you want to reach back into the regular season, Joe. Like, is there anything else that sort of as you? start to sort of like collect your thoughts on the season is anything else jumping out to you um that denver win was really huge hell yeah the first <laughs> i think it was the first game that was close to my heart <laughs> i know for you there but, but yeah <laughs> um but no that was the first like it felt like we'd just sort of been sort of beating up on crap teams and that was the first good team that we beat mm-hmm um, uh, that was when I started to think, oh, maybe we're actually a, a proper team. Um, that, that, that definitely stuck out. I think um, that's the nicest thing. I should almost pull up like the win loss, the schedule. Yeah, but just that, just that we were like when it's all said and done, we were a proper team. You know, like uh, remember that stretch yeah. where it was like, oh, we're just beating up on crap teams, even though we were really doing it so decisively. And you know, now when it's all said and done. There's just no shame in what happened. It's it sucks, but we just were very yeah. very good. And you know, if Time Lord had been healthy, if he had never done the uh, meniscus there, who knows? You know what might have happened. And I know a lot of Bucks fans like to call out the fact that Middleton wasn't available, but like neither oh, was neither was Time cares? Lord. Second team yeah. all defense center was not available at all. We we swept the Nets. With Daniel Tice, who like has sucked ever since, but like you know, almost um, paid his dues in in that series alone. It's just you know a lot of Bucks fans saying that they'd be holding the title up right now if it weren't for Middleton uh, being out, and that's just that's just bullshit. No, no, absolutely not. Guess what? He guess who you did have? You had Giannis. <laughs> you had Giannis, and it wasn't enough. Yep. Piss off. 
Yeah, thank you. You know, like, <laughs> you. if you were going to win, you would have won. You know, I, I just I just cannot stand that sort of what if thing. By the way, do we remember that Smart was out for like, like Smart was playing on a on a twisted ankle for yep. the back half of the series and missed missed the first game with a sprained foot. You know, pretty important to how our team goes. Mm-hmm. You know, like man, that's just that's just loser talk. And yeah, guess he- what? It goes the both ways. Look, we Rob Williams being you know Golden State won fair and square. Yeah. I like that we've just won the finals, Joe, and between us, like we've just got more positive things still to say about the team than we do negative. I think that says a lot for how the season went. I've run through my run sheet. I've got through all the the Reddit shout-outs that I had. Um, You know, there's going to be a lot of sort of more season retrospective pods um, in the coming days or weeks. Joe, I'll just circle back to you one more time. You know, have you got any sort of parting thoughts on this game or this series or this season or this this postseason so far? Because it just it really does feel special. I mean, life's all about how you go relative to expectations, and everyone here is a liar if they said they expected this in January. Everyone here is even a liar if they said they expected this at the start of the playoffs. You know, um, man, we're all playing with house money here, you know, which would be a great title for a podcast, but I can never get it over the line. <laughs> Sam, Sam Hauser just never really- have enough, just have enough co- cultural, cultural cachet. He just house never jumped off the page. House taken off. <laughs> um, it's a great nickname and no one will, <laughs> no one agrees with me. No. So, <laughs> okay. So then expectation wise, like clearly heading into next season, we've just made the finals expectations are going to be really high so with that in mind like how do you foresee next season going uh i I think i think we should be knocking on the door you know same again i'd be disappointed if we went a very tough out in the second round i think you know look (laughs) despite what i've just despite what i've just said i'd still see milwaukee as as like as as in general, like on average, a better team doesn't mean that they deserve to win this year. Like, but I would still expect to see them uh, up there with us. I don't. Miami just sort of seems to keep hanging around. I don't really think they're better than us. They're getting older. So you as know, well. I sort of feel like we're one or two. Yeah, Raptors, man, the Raptors are going to be good again. They're going to be really, really good again. Look out for them. Um, you know, so we're in that one, two, three mix there, and and look, we'll, we'll we have the privilege of supporting a team that has a path to contention and um that let's enjoy it um but at the same time it's it's not inevitable and that's honestly that's the fun mm-hmm. you know like if we win it's an outsider shot but it's still worth showing up and and, and following along right we're not the thunder you know um yep. this is this is a great spot to be as a fan yeah, we're not about to trade James Harden uh, or the, I don't know what the equivalent would be, but I was certainly holding on to, to Tatum and Brown. <laughs> and look, it's it's very reasonable to expect that Tatum and Brown are both going to improve. Uh, reasonable to expect that Marcus Smart is going to improve in his role as starting point guard in his second year in that role and that, you know, Coach Udoka and his staff are, are going to also improve in their roles given that they're all rookies in, in what they do as well. So, a lot to look forward to. I guess maybe the one drop-off is potentially Al Horford going into his age 36, 37 
season. Um, but then again, it's just all about continuity and bringing that that squad back and and Horford back again in that same role, despite being aged a little bit. Um, I think there's just so much to look forward to. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up, Joe. I think I, I don't know what else to say at this point. Have you, have you got anything else you you want to add? We, we barely spoke about Jalen Brown. Um, <laughs> I know that you had some Tatum, Paul George comps. Um, yeah, but I just yeah, I, I mean, just think. Just, just make your peace with that. That's that's the level of guy he is, which is really, really good, really, really good, and an incredible like, like, like. Hey, we're lucky we we get to support that, but comes with trade offs, you yep. know. Um, I guess all players come with trade offs, but he's in that second tier of trade offs. There's a few more trade offs with him than you're going to have to have to have with some other guys, you know. Um, the, yeah, the um, one. The one thing I would look at career-wise between Tatum and Paul George is the on-off point differential, and Tatum has it over Paul George in in spades on every year of his career. He's consistently, you know, a top ninetieth or above uh, percentile. You know, this season it was top ninety-ninth percentile in on-off differential. Whereas Paul George, you know, he's played longer, but he's he's all over the map in terms of his on-off impact on the team. So uh, Tatum consistently, maybe that comes down to just the overall role on the team, but like Tatum's impact on the court uh, far exceeds Paul George in that sense. Um, Although I I do agree there are some similarities. But what I'm saying is like if Tatum doesn't have a career like Kevin Durant with the same impact on a title or Giannis, you just can't be disappointed. You just can't be. You know, as a fan, that's the deal where I think we have to realize we're taking. We're going to have to have a team that's engineered around him and not necessarily, like, dragged by him. And I prefer it. Like, I don't want to. I would, man, I don't want, like, LeBron to be my guy, you know, just dragging my team to the finals. I I don't even like that, you know. I, I like it better what we've got. Um, Yeah. The Jays. The Jays, the Jays, the Jays improving. Are, Build around the Jays. And how cool is it? How cool is it that we, you know, we've gotten to follow these guys since they're rookies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just another like privilege that we have as as a group of fans. It's it's neat. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season. Um, yeah, I don't see us as favourites, but I see us as having a path to contention. That's great. Yeah, absolutely in the mix, and uh, certainly see us as a as a healthy landing spot for like MLE guys and and stuff like that. Now that we've come as far as we have with this current roster, so uh, lots to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for tuning in. If you've been able to bear it under the circumstances, I hope this was somewhat <laughs> therapeutic for you. We're going to be back throughout the off season. Obviously, the draft is coming up. Summer League, which will be streaming in our playback room and a bunch of other stuff like player profiles and that on our YouTube channel. So stay tuned for that. Joe, thanks for coming on to wrap up the season, mate. Love your work. Thanks again. Yeah, man, you too have been. You know, actually, here's, here's the closer. Ben, thanks for the effort that you put in, man. I hope you really feel like you've gotten some some joy and some reward out of it. The podcast has grown really well over the last, um, over the last year, and it's like... Ben does all the work, guys. Ben does all the work. And um, and if you enjoy it, it's because Ben puts in the effort. Um, I just show up and mouth off. 
but Ben actually tries. <laughs> but you do it so well, Jer. That's that's uh, you underselling yourself. And uh, I got a shout out Jackson and and Spoons and Jay as well, who have all done a lot of lot of work behind the scenes and uh, you know on, on the scenes as well. So it's it's been a team effort. It's certainly been the most fun I've had. Uh, as a Celtics fan, the combination of the team being great and being this involved from the coverage standpoint as well. So it's been, it's been great. Very cool. Yeah. I found that castle quote. I put it in the chat. Thank you. All right. I'll chuck it in the pod, man. Awesome. So there you go. You're, you're doing work. You're doing work behind the scenes. You don't even know it. Mate. <laughs> Mate. All part of the service. That's right. All right, folks. Chin up. We'll be okay. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace. <laughs>